Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today's a special episode. Usually I'm the one grilling people with questions, but today I'm on the hot seat. Uh, I recently had the chance to appear on the e-commerce podcast with my buddy, the man, the myth, the legend, Matt Edmondson, one of my favorite gents from across the pond. And we talked about what's working right now on Google and YouTube ads. So we talk about Performance Max. We talk about YouTube creatives. We talk about what makes Google the online advertising powerhouse that it is. It's the number one digital ad platform, and there's a good reason for that. And so we get into all the ins and outs, plus a little bit about what shaped my background as a marketer. So sit back and enjoy this perspective on what's working right now with Google and YouTube ads. Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. The e-commerce podcast is all about helping you deliver e-commerce wow. And to help us do just that, I am chatting with the talented and all-round amazing person, which is Brett Curry from OMG Commerce, uh, about what's working right now with Google and YouTube ads. But before Brett and I jump into this conversation, let me suggest a few other podcast episodes that I think you'll also enjoy listening to. Check out Why You Should Stop Using Facebook Ads and Start Using Google Advertising with John Horn. Great episode, that one. Uh, and How to Grow Your E-Commerce Brand Using YouTube Videos with Augie Johnston. You can find our entire archive of episodes as well as those two on our website for free ecommercepodcast.net and also whilst you're there on our website if you've not already done so sign up for our newsletter and each week we will email to you these links along with the notes and the links and the transcript from today's conversation with Brett directly to your inbox totally free it's totally amazing and you get it each and every week after that now this episode is brought to you by You've guessed it, e-commerce cohort, uh, which helps you deliver e-commerce wow to your customers. That's right, e-commerce cohort is a long-standing sponsor of this show, and for good reason. It helps you. Uh, it helps you if you're in e-commerce, if you are an e-commerce entrepreneur, if you're just starting out, or if, like me, you're a bit of a dinosaur and have been around e-commerce for a fair few years. Uh, e-commerce cohort is something to check out. Uh, it is a lightweight membership group with guided monthly sprints that cycle through all the key areas of e-commerce. The sole purpose of Cohort is basically to help you grow online and help you grow your online business. Uh, so do check it out. You can find out more information at ecommercecohort.com. Uh, that's ecommercecohort.com. Me and the team in there every month. Yes, we are. And it's great. We love it. So check it out. Also, just before I jump into the conversation i want to give a bit of a shout out to our collective good friend mr jared mitchell who connected myself and brett today uh, jared has actually been on the show uh we've since become good friends in fact my daughter zoe and i stayed with jared and his beautiful family for a few days on a trip to the states earlier this year it was great to see what they've got going up there so big up to jared and alana and everything that is happening at skincarebyalana.com Check it out, especially if you're in the States and you need skincare. Go ahead. Anyway, 
<laughs> Let's talk about Brett. Brett is a seasoned entrepreneur, a digital marketer and podcast host. He leads an eight-figure ad agency of Google, YouTube, and Amazon marketing rock stars. I love that phrase. Now, the thing you don't know about Brett necessarily is the man is the father of eight kids and a basketball coach. And we now understand why he needs an eight-figure agency. <laughs> so, so Brett, yeah. <laughs> eight kids. Uh, welcome to the podcast, but it's great to have you here. Great to be finally doing this. Uh, thanks for joining me. Yeah, man, I'm so, I'm so excited. And, and yeah, of course, shout out to Jared Mitchell because he made this connection. Like that, that's how yeah. you and I met. We met like a year ago or more and we're like, whoa, really connection. We enjoyed it, but mm -hmm. uh, we just weren't able to make this happen until now, but it's happening. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for the invite. And uh, yeah, excited. Nah, good, good. We were saying before we hit the record, but we actually, I actually host three different podcasts uh, and you're on all three of them, right? And we're recording all three. <laughs> that's right. Thanks. That's exactly it. And you're, we're recording all three this week. So uh, I, I did say at the start, I'm really sorry because you're going to get really bored with the sound of my voice. Uh, but it's... Maybe tired of each other, but that's okay. We'll push the limits and we'll just see where it goes. And see where it goes. We might be calling Jared up at the end of the week going, why did you do that? Thank you. I'll take back the thank you. You never know, right? You never know. So, uh, Brett, listen, tell me, uh, you've got a podcast, right? I do. Actually, I have two podcasts. Uh, one is a, a long-standing podcast called E-Commerce Evolution. started in 2017. Oh, wow. So we talk about what's new, what's next in e-commerce. I have phenomenal guests on there, uh, like Jared Mitchell. Man, he's getting a lot of airtime. Should, you should probably charge him a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. uh, but also... Uh, Ezra Firestone, Mickey Agarwal from from Tushy, Roland Frazier, lot, lots of big names. So talking about growth in e-commerce. And then I have a, a, a series-based, kind of a mini-series podcast called Spicy Curry. And uh, it's called that because my last name is Curry. And she's going to get spicy on that podcast. We talk about hot takes in e-commerce. Uh, season one's about eight episodes. Um, working on season two coming up. So a couple of ways. If, if you get done with this podcast, you're like, I'm sick of this guy. I totally get it. Yeah. Or you may be like, yeah, you have two options to, to dig in. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Go ahead and go ahead and subscribe to Brett's podcast, uh, which will, of course, we will link in the show notes. Awesome. Uh, now, tell me, uh, OMG Commerce, uh, what do you guys do? Yeah, so we're a performance-driven marketing agency, and we serve exclusively e-commerce brands. So we help e-commerce brands grow, get more customers, scale, and, and we do that primarily through the Google ads ecosystem. So Google search shopping, YouTube, uh, Performance Max, which is new. And I think we're gonna touch on a little bit today. Yeah. Uh, and then Amazon. And so on the Amazon side, we're full channel management. So from optimization to inventory management to Amazon ads. Uh, and we do a lot with Amazon ads. So we're one of the fastest growing Amazon DSP agencies about four or five years ago. Uh, and then we run email. And so, so yeah, we're a team of approaching 70 now. Good. And uh, we'll put some great brands like uh, Native Deodorant and Boom by Cindy Joseph and Overtone and a, a number of others. And so, mm. yeah, that's what we do. We're, we're all performance uh, driven and uh, help e-commerce brands scale. Fantastic. And how did you get into it? I mean, did you just wake up one day and think, I'll do paid media? Or was there a yeah, bit more story? I want to help e-commerce brands. Yeah. I wanna, one day I want to be on Matt Edmondson <laughs> show. Yeah. How, can I, how can I get what's the clearest path to get yeah, uh, no, it's what's interesting. I have always loved advertising, which is really strange. I remember as a kid, 
liking infomercials. So I don't know, I don't know how well this translates, Matt, but do you know the Ginsu knives, the Ginsu knife infomercial? Uh, I, I know what an infomercial is. I'm not particularly, I'm not au fait with that particular product. I remember watching the Ginsu knife, like there was this, it was a single take cut, you know, where like they use a Ginsu knife and they cut through a, a soda can and then it slices okay. through a tomato and then it cuts through a rope. I just remember watching it being like, I got to have that knife. That's awesome, right? And so then I remember thinking as a kid, like, who makes, but who makes the commercials, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, anyway, just always been kind of uh, drawn to marketing and what makes people buy one brand versus another brand. Uh, but worked in radio for a little while. So did radio, did TV. And then in like 2004, learned SEO, had, had an opportunity to learn SEO and kind of understand, hey, why do people search the way they search and how do we get sites to rank on search engines? And that that kind of started this path down, hey, I, I kind of like Google. I like what Google's up to. I like I like how they connect brands to shoppers. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's how it started. So we started OMG in 2010 and uh, grew from an SEO agency to primarily paid traffic. Uh, because I'd done some TV back in the day, then when when YouTube kind of started to develop a, a performance element with TrueView or TrueView ads, um, it was like my worlds collided, right? It, was a, it had some search components and understanding intent of a user, but then also video, the power of video. Video can make you a celebrity. Video you know, is one of the best uh, selling tools out there. And so, mm -hmm. It was really about 2016, they kind of went all in on, on YouTube ads and started growing the agency uh, uh, through YouTube. And so it's been interesting, you know, when I first, I first started talking from stage about YouTube in like 2016, 2017, and almost nobody was doing it. Yeah. And, and now it's more popular, but barely. But I think, mm -hmm. man, I think that's like YouTube's about to have its day. I think people are, are finally catching the vision. And uh, so anyway, so that, that I, I basically I love I love good brands and I love telling good brand stories and love doing that uh, through through digital ads. It's interesting you say that um, YouTube's going to have its day and 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 uh, and how actually not a lot of brands are using a lot of e-commerce brands are, are using YouTube and I have done a lot of coaching right and not i can't remember one person going man we've got to up our budget on youtube ads everybody talked facebook right. and, and google right but of course facebook is it's got its issues now and i think uh more than ever it was, it was even in the mainstream news that's how we know it's going on over here in the uk um facebook are struggling because people are going well what do we do instead of facebook and so i think we are now looking at these e-commerce entrepreneurs are now looking back at some of the things that maybe they're not doing where they were heavily reliant on Facebook. So why is it, do you think, that we don't, as e-commerce entrepreneurs, use YouTube ads? And why do you think maybe we should? Yeah, so I, I'll answer the the second part of that first. So, so the reason I think we should consider YouTube and the reason I think YouTube is about to have its day is really a few things. Uh, one, it's got the users, right? So so I think it's like 2 billion active monthly users globally, which I know it's a huge number, kind of hard to wrap your mind around, but but essentially everybody is on YouTube, right? We, we have brands that are targeting 50 plus year old women. We have brands targeting uh, 20 year old uh, people that want to color their hair and and everything in between, right? And if, uh, Matt, you've got you got uh, a teenager, right? Zoe, Zoe yeah. Teenager? Yeah, she is. Does she, does she, is she actively using YouTube and just curious what her take is on, on Facebook. Oh yeah. She's never been on Facebook. She doesn't have a Facebook account. If she does, I don't know about it. Um, but she's <laughs> on YouTube all the time, mainly learning stuff like how to yeah, draw, how to exactly. crochet. So, 
and, and this this is we see this in data too, right? But even just looking at you know your family, my family. So so all of my teenagers, they all use YouTube, right? They want to learn something. My 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 son just got a sales job, and so he's learning how to how to close and how to do things. He's looking on YouTube, right? Um, the only reason he has a Facebook account is when he sells stuff on Marketplace, right? So so I, I, long live Facebook. I think Facebook is going to be fine for the the immediate future. We'll see long term. Yeah. But I think the future is bright for YouTube. The, the users are there. The engagement is there, which is awesome. Uh, the other thing is the data is there, right? So when we want to look at behavioral data, how do we target someone based on shopping patterns, search behavior, things like that? Google has that, right? Google has more of that data than almost anybody else. Amazon's maybe close. Uh, but but Google uh, can use that data because it's first-party data, right? When you're typing a search into Google, yeah. that's you giving your data directly to Google. So we can use that, you know, for targeting on ads and stuff. So got the users, got the data. And then it's just such a powerful vehicle, right? Powerful tar for, for targeting. And, and it's a visual medium. And, you know, we just tell a story really, really well through YouTube ads and we do it the, the right way. I, I think the reason most people have missed it is because they've, they've tried to just take their Facebook video or their Instagram video and they put it on YouTube, right? But it's, it's mm -hmm. a different beast. And I really think, you know, hats off to Facebook. Facebook made it easy to start testing, right? Mm -hmm. The ad platform is a little newer, so it's easier to spin up campaigns and ad sets. And you can test with a simple image and some copy, right? Where on YouTube, like the video has to do all the work. The video has to stop someone in their tracks, right? And it's got to, so it's got to hook someone. It's got to keep them uh, entertained and, and focused long enough to, to get the click. And so the creative is a little bit harder. So there's there's this real barrier to entry on YouTube. But then I think even more than that, there's like this perceived barrier to entry, right? Where it's it's just mm. feels harder to test on YouTube. And so hopefully we can kind of demystify that a little bit. But I think that's the main reason. I think people just don't know how to approach YouTube. Yeah. And if they did approach it, they went about it the wrong way. And so they've kind of stepped back. I think, I think it's easier to get success on Facebook faster yeah. But YouTube just has a ton of scale opportunity. And, and like I said, I think it's going to have its day. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about this, Brad. I'm not going to lie. I, I, the reason why, again, like most people um, who have e-commerce websites, right? I, I've used Facebook ads over the years. And I'm seeing the falling uh, response from Facebook ads. And I'm thinking, how else do I go and get new customers? Like Google ads, they're good. They're strong. We'll, we'll touch on Google ads later. But Google ads are great for people who are showing shopping intent, right? They're right. online, they're looking for something. Whereas Facebook was always, well, I'm just going to try and see if I can gather. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to cast my nets and see what fish I can gather kind of thing. Um, and it strikes me that YouTube would be a good platform to do that type of stuff with. So the concept behind Facebook, you know, where you're interrupting people and, and, and maybe trying to find an audience you've not yet seen, you that's what you could use YouTube because I'm not necessarily on YouTube. Well, maybe I am on YouTube to buy because I'm searching up the latest woodworking tool, you know, and how to use it. And maybe I could uh, add that way. So is it, it's actually therefore thinking this out loud, YouTube, a, a brilliant platform for both of those things. Yeah, it really is. And so, you know, we, we like to kind of talk about those, those two different sides of marketing uh, demand generation, where you're trying to stir up and create a little bit of demand, right? That's what you do with your Facebook ads, where you're trying to just find a person who's likely to buy what you sell and you're interrupting them and saying, hey, look how awesome this is. You should check it out, right? So you're trying to generate some demand. On the Google side, if you're looking at search, whether it's search ads, you know, text ads or shopping, love Google shopping, 
that's more demand capture, right? Someone's on Google, they're searching for brake pads or they're, they're searching for, you know, woodworking tools, whatever. And so you're, you're capturing that demand. Uh, YouTube is good at both. Usually when someone encounters YouTube during a shopping process, it's early. It's one of the first things they do. Mm -hmm. So I think YouTube definitely can do what Facebook does in terms of interrupting that, that new likely customer, but, but kind of that demand generation piece. Yeah. And so, you know, the way I always look at it is, is if you can run Facebook video ads to a cold audience and you've got a lander that, that converts them and either gets them on your email list so you can follow up with them, or it's driving some direct sales. If you're doing that on Facebook, then you should be able to do the same thing on, on YouTube, maybe just with some tweaks, uh, especially to the video, maybe to the lander too, but mostly the video. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, it's great at demand generation. It's also good for remarketing, right? So you can also use it at the bottom of the funnel yeah. to remarket to users, which is very, very powerful. And then there's kind of that in-between too, where it's like there are people that go to YouTube, and, and I don't really use YouTube this way, but millions of people do where they go and they search for reviews, right? Or unboxings, you know, I'm about to yeah. buy the new iPhone, yeah. you know, see the unboxing, or I need to buy a new mm -hmm. mattress, so I'm gonna look for reviews. So there are people that do product research on mm -hmm. YouTube. So that's kind of mid funnel as I would say it. Yeah. Um, and so you can, you can target those people and show your ad there as well. So it's pretty versatile. And am I right then in saying, because it is this versatile, but you, you don't have this, um, it's going to have its day. It's not really prime like, you know, Facebook was maybe two years ago or or Google Ads is right now. Is it therefore quite a um, a cost-effective platform to to launch onto? Yeah, so th this, is where, this is where it gets tricky, right? I think um, you do have to have the right ad. And mm -hmm. uh, th there's also some ways you structure campaigns. That are, that are getting easier, but in, in the early days, like, hey, to really be effective on YouTube, you probably needed about fifteen to 30000 a month to test. Mm -hmm. I believe that's largely changed because of some new bidding structures that, that YouTube has. Yeah. So now I think you can test with kind of like a five to 10K a month budget um, because you, you, you got to get enough frequency, you got to get enough mm -hmm. impressions, enough views to, to really see if it's going to work or not. So so I think that has become easier than it was, say, just just a few years ago. Uh, but the the real key is getting the video right, right? You get the structure of the video correct, and then you're going to be in a lot better shape. So there are people that are succeeding on YouTube now. Uh, so when I say it has its day, I think there are just more people that are kind of realizing, hey, I can't just rely on Facebook, and I think we can tweak our videos to work for YouTube. So I think it's just going to continue to build. Mm -hmm. We've got several, we have several advertisers we work with that are spending three, four, five million a month on ads. And now YouTube is as big or bigger than their, their Facebook budget. So I think that's happening right now. Wow. So, <laughs> I mean, I've not got three to four million to spend a month on ads. I wish I did. <laughs> you don't have to start. You don't have to start there, but I'm just saying like, yeah. those are people that are spending a lot of money and they're finding success on YouTube. Yeah, yeah no, I totally. So you, you you talk about having the right type of ad. So what what do you mean when you say that? Because I I think a lot of people at the moment when they think video are instantly thinking TikTok because everyone's right. telling them to advertise on TikTok, right? I'm assuming it's different. It is different, and I will say something about TikTok. Um, one, I don't really like TikTok as a user, but that's beside the point, right? I I, I know to to be marketers, like we got to do what our customers like, not what we like. But I, I don't like it as a mm -hmm. user. 
Uh, what's interesting though, you know, I get to see a lot of big advertisers and what they're spending. I don't see anybody spending more than 10% of their budget on TikTok. I still think okay. you should do it. I think you should be there. I think you should try organic TikTok as well. But we're not seeing TikTok explode, right? Usually, like what really moves the needle at scale, Facebook, YouTube, Google. And we're also yeah. seeing native ads, which that could be another podcast at some point. But, but native ads are, are pretty powerful. Um, so, so ads that work, though, it kind of depends on, on a couple of things. One, if you're just using YouTube as an awareness vehicle, which you can do that, right? It's the second most visited website on the planet, mm-hmm. second largest search engine, right? It's got so many users. You can use it for an awareness plan. We have, we have some bigger brands, some P&G brands that, that do that, uh, Procter & Gamble brands that, that use YouTube for awareness. If you're doing that, then often shorter videos, 30 seconds can work, right? You're just kind of trying to get engagement and maybe build a list of people that are engaged so you can follow up with search ads or, or more you know, conversion-driven ads. Mm-hmm. But if you want to drive conversions, and essentially all of our clients are performance-based, right? They want to they drive new customers yeah. and an acceptable CPA or CAC, you know, customer acquisition cost. So for that, uh, we're seeing longer-form videos work, right? And, and, and you got to okay. think about it this way. If we're running Facebook ads, it could be a short, you know, 15 to 30 second ad. Uh, a good friend of mine owns a coffee business and one of their top ads for a long time on Facebook was like of this uh, kind of sexy, tasty looking chocolate cake and pouring coffee next to the chocolate cake. And it was just like, it was just like eye candy. You know, you look at it and you're like, oh, that looks delicious. But then the copy above the ad on Facebook is what really sold you on right. the coffee and made you click. Well, with YouTube, all you have is the video, right? That's all you see. You got, there's a call to action buttons and stuff, but not much text. Okay. So the video has to do all the work, right? It's got to interrupt somebody. It's got to overcome objections. It's got to show social proof. It's got to show the product in action. It's got to give a couple of offers, right? It's got to, mm-hmm. it's got to convince someone enough to say maybe, and hopefully they'll click on the ad and, and go a little bit further. And, and so we're typically seeing like minute and a half to three minute videos. Oh, wow. uh, sometimes shorter. I work with a big automotive brand and, and their winning ad for conversions was a 45 second ad. But typically, we don't see like 30 second ads usually don't convert nearly as well as a 45 or a, a 60 second ad. Usually just, you know, the longer someone engages mm-hmm. with a video, the more likely they are to say, eh, maybe I'm going to check this out. I'm going to give this right. a shot, right? I'm going to check it out. And so, so that's kind of what we're looking for. And I'm happy to break down kind of the structure of ads or whatever makes the most sense, but I'll, I'll pause there to see if you have any, any questions or thoughts. Yeah, I, I, lots, Brett, um, because it, uh, everything is telling us at the moment, you've got to get shorter and shorter, right? I didn't, it's I not needs to be seven seconds or whatever it's got to be on uh, Instagram reels or, and all that sort of stuff. And you're like, oh, geez, man. But actually, uh, you're the second person this week I've heard say actually long form um, is making a bit of a comeback. Although how you define long form, 90 seconds to three minutes is not how I define long form. <laughs> but it's right, funny right. how 90 seconds is now long form ad copy. Uh, right. It's, it's really interesting, isn't it? So um, so we're, why do you think then with YouTube, you need this sort of 90 second to three minute video-ish kind of range versus the, the 10 second thing that works fine over there on TikTok? Yeah, so I think I think part of it is just the the nature of the the platform, right? With on TikTok, we're we're used to rapid fire. We're kind of moving on to the next thing very quickly. We're in a, in a different headspace. You, you kind of mentioned it when you were talking about 
uh, YouTube for your daughter, for yourself, you know, you're maybe going there to learn something, mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to engage a little bit. So you're, you're kind of maybe settled in just a bit and you're going to enjoy this, this YouTube, uh, this YouTube experience. Maybe it's only going to be a few minutes cause you're just learning one specific thing, but you're, you're, you're focused. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's another thing to keep in mind. No one goes to YouTube to watch your ad, right? Someone goes to YouTube to, to learn or to yeah. Uh, be educated or to listen to music or whatever the case may be. So your ad is definitely interrupting them and it's not why they can't. So we also see a lot of people, and this kind of skips ahead a little bit, but to the measurement piece of YouTube, this is where a lot of people get it wrong. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that see that YouTube ad. They engage with it a little bit. They like it. They think, hmm, this could be interesting. But they stick on YouTube, right? Because they're, they're, they're there to watch a video, right? They're on a mission. Yeah. I got to figure out how to fix my washing machine. I got to figure out how to fix my uh, lawnmower or, or whatever. I got to figure out this answer to a test or mm. you know, whatever I'm on YouTube. But they might later then search for your product. Um, so I think the longer you get someone to engage with you, the more likely they are to say, okay, okay, I'll just, I'll go check this out, right? This this is compelling enough, interesting enough to go check it out. And 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 just to, to kind of expand on the what is long form and what is not, we do have some brands. Uh, Boom by Cindy Joseph is one. Mm. Shout out to Ezra Firestone. Uh, it's cosmetics for women over the age of 50 primarily they still have six and seven minute videos that work pretty well Uh, we have an automotive brand that runs 15 minute videos Uh, but one thing youtube said recently like within the last year is if you upload a video over three minutes they will kind of tax you so to speak so the cost per view is going to go up that still may work out okay right if that video really converts people that it may be just fine uh, but that's kind of where that under three minutes, you're kind of, that's probably enough time to convince someone and you're maybe in Google's good graces a little bit better to lower your your cost per view. Wow. So do they, uh, I, do they, how does it work, I suppose, with, with how they bill you? So if I put on a, a 90 second video versus a three minute video, am I paying more for the three minute video than I would be a 90 second video? Yeah, so the the type of ad we run, and there's there's a few ways to go about running ads on on YouTube, but but I prefer TrueView, mm-hmm. uh, which I'll explain that in a minute, and then specifically TrueView for action, which means we're trying to we're giving Google the goal of conversion of some kind, email sign up, add to cart, purchase, things like that. Mm-hmm. So TrueView means that person has to watch either thirty seconds if the video's you know over thirty seconds. Or the whole video if it's less than 30 seconds. So if they mm. if they hit skip, you do not pay for that. So it's, it's right. a true view. You're paying a cost per view. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's more impression based, but they actually bill you on a on a on a view. So mm-hmm. that can be anywhere from three cents to thirty cents, depending on kind of how narrow and focused your audience is and kind of how you're billing or how you're bidding rather. Yeah. Like, so you're paying uh, for view per view. Um, but then you're, as you're giving Google kind of that goal of a conversion, then Google's going to be looking for people that, that convert, right? They're, yeah. they're going to be looking for people that are likely to click and then to take that desired action. But, um, you know, we, we have seen for some videos that, that really, uh, people engage with that the view rate drops, right? So what Google looks for, so sort of like with search ads where you got quality yeah. score, right? As your click through rate goes up on a search ad, right? So the percentage of people that see it, click on it, as that goes up, Google's like, hey, this is a great ad. I'm going to show this more. And your CPCs go down on that, right? Similar right. thing on YouTube. If okay. the more people that see that ad watch the ad, Google's like, victory, people like mm-hmm. this. We're going to keep showing it more. So your your cost per view can actually go down in some cases 
because Google makes more money because just more people yeah. are are, yeah. are watching it. So so usually what happens then is if your video is a little bit longer, you'll just see that cost per view go up a little bit. But sometimes that's okay, right? Maybe a video that's got an eight second cost per view, maybe the conversion rate is higher on add to cart and purchase, so it totally makes sense. And maybe that outperforms a, a video that's got a five cent cost per view, right? Yeah. So. So the cost per view is just one metric to pay attention to, right? Uh, but it is, it is at least somewhat based on how much people are engaging with it. That's fascinating. And so, is the if you if I look at the the everyone likes to use return on investment, don't they? The ROI or ROAS or whatever acronyms right. we can now throw into the pot. But if I say spend ten grand on Google AdWords and spend ten grand on YouTube, assuming I've got a good ad, of course. Uh, is the is the sort of return on an, on that investment similar, or does YouTube outperform Google Shopping, or is it actually we can't really tell at this point? It depends on everything else. Yeah, it's a great question. So, and then this is where I think a lot of people get tripped up. Uh, and I'll use a quick basketball analogy because, uh, as you said, I'm a basketball coach. Yeah, that's way I think. So, uh, I, I know we got an international audience. I'm going to use Michael Jordan and and the Bulls from the '90s oh, yeah. that era, and hopefully people recognize. Right, so on that on that team, you got Jordan, and Jordan was the 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 soul of the team, the greatest player to ever play, that type of thing. His stats are going to be much different than, say, Dennis Rodman. Who, if you don't know Dennis Rodman, he was a defensive player, and he got more rebounds than anybody. He's just a rebounding machine, right? But mm -hmm. but every time you get a rebound, that's another possession for the offense, right? So if you looked at Jordan and and Rodman, right, you said, hey, Jordan scored forty points tonight. Mm -hmm. Rodman scored two. We got a bench Rodman. Right, mm -hmm. that, that's not looking at that's not looking at at, at the stats correctly, right? What you should right. be saying is, hey, Jordan scored forty, and Rodman rebounded the ball twenty five times and got the offense twenty five more possessions that we wouldn't have had, right? So, so when we look at at Google and YouTube. Google is the closer, right? Google is that that's closer to the purchase. If someone's searching and they click on a search ad or a shopping ad or re, a remarketing ad, they're close to purchasing, right? So that's more yep. lower funnel. YouTube is typically higher in the phone. So if all we're looking at is ROAS, return on ad spend, Google's going to do way better than YouTube, right? Okay. Often, and this is where a lot of people get tripped up, often YouTube is like a one ROAS or lower. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, well, how can anyone ever succeed on YouTube, right? At that kind of ROAS. But here's what happens. Uh, you got to look at it as a team, right? This is a, or we call it a portfolio, right? So the way we look at it is, hey, you've got search and shopping and remarketing in, in Google ads working and say you're hitting a three to four row ads. Well, what you should be able to do is add in YouTube at the top of the funnel and YouTube is going to make everything bigger and better, right? Okay. YouTube is going to grow your branded search. Mm -hmm. YouTube is going to make shopping grow, right? And, and we've seen this. So like once someone gets to say, 30,000 a month in YouTube spend or higher, it's got like a 30 to 40% lift on those other campaigns. Wow. So, so the way we have to look at it then is collectively, right? What does YouTube do to our other campaigns? And so what we always talk about is, hey, let's, let's figure out what is the right return on ad spend or what is the right customer acquisition cost for your brand. And then we're going to look at YouTube collectively, right? Because mm -hmm. um, if all you do is look at YouTube in isolation, it's going to be disappointing. And, and that is one shortcoming of Google and YouTube, I think, to Facebook. Facebook, pre-iOS 14 anyway, uh, was better at tracking conversions. Now everybody kind of yeah. sucks at it. Uh, but if you just look at a, a YouTube campaign in isolation, it does not tell the full, full story. 
YouTube drives sales on Amazon. YouTube leads to more branded searches, right? YouTube grows the whole portfolio. So we still want to hold it accountable. We still want to really, you know, focus in on our, our CAC and our CPA, our ROAS numbers. But just know YouTube is kind of feeding the other campaigns. That, that's a large part of what it does. So do you think that's why it's not been as popular maybe as a platform? Sure. Certainly with the, you know, the smaller to medium enterprises that, yeah. you know, haven't, haven't got the, the bigger budgets. Is that, is that one of the key reasons that's stopping us? Doing I, it? I, I believe it is. I believe it is. Yeah. And we, and, and listen, like if you got a really killer offer and you got a really great landing page, like we've got a, uh, a, a client in the, in the beard space, beard care, and they've got this great sample offer. I like try our best fragrances and it's a, like a $10 offer and direct conversions are really low. Like, uh, or direct cost per conversions are really low. It's outperforming mm. Facebook. So like with the, with the right setup, um, it, it can outperform Facebook as well, but just in general, you know, YouTube is better at like lifting all other campaigns mm. than it is driving, um, you know, direct conversions. Okay. That's good to know. So uh, let's run through uh, quickly, Brett, a structure for a video. What sort of things do we need to think about in our in our sort of long form? I still love that phrase. Our long form ad. Uh, long form. Uh, 30 seconds. Er, 90 yeah. seconds. Okay. <laughs> yes, 90 seconds is long form in, in today's day and age. Um, so uh, first thing is you, you got to hook the right audience, right? So that, that first five seconds, that's the time when someone cannot skip. If we're running a, a true view ad, it, it's a mm. skippable ad, but the first five seconds you're locked in. So that's when you're interrupting the right audience. So I want to do something to grab their attention. I want to ask okay. a thought-provoking question. I want to make a thought-provoking statement. I want to mm -hmm. show something that's thought-provoking. So I want, to, I want to hook the audience. But I like for that hook not just to be random, not just like an explosion or a gorilla or something weird, like, but tie it into the product, right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, that's where you can ask a question like, hey, do you want to have, there's, there's this uh, a bronzer product we worked with that was like, hey, do you want to have gorgeous sexy legs in a matter of seconds, right? And so then it talked about the bronzer and how it worked. Uh, so you got to hook the right audience. Uh, then you, you really need some kind of product demo, right? So so show the product in action, show some before and after, show what the product does. And, and you want it to be really benefit oriented. So what are the benefits of this product? Uh, I really like social proof after that. So I think the you know, the winning ads that we see Either they're showing reviews or they're talking about, you know, millions sold or ideally they've got some user generated content, some videos from actual customers talking about, yeah. hey, I was skeptical or, hey, I didn't believe this would work or, hey, I've tried other products and they didn't work, but this really worked and here's how it worked. So some kind of social proof is great. And then you need to start getting into the call to action, right? So this mm -hmm. is where we're saying, uh, hey, go, go here and watch this demo or go here and check out this video or you know, check our, our, our exclusive offer, right? So you're trying to get the click mm. and really you want to have a couple of calls to action in that video, uh, to try to get someone, uh, to, to click. And so, uh, that, that's kind of the, the distilled version. We could, we could double click on a couple of those or go a little bit deeper, but if you can do those things, um, then you're, you're pretty likely to, to get the click. Um, you want the pace to be pretty fast too. That that's one of the mistakes that a lot of people make is, is they're trying to do all those things and they realize hey, I've got 90 seconds or three minutes or whatever. So they just go kind of slow, but people's attention span is still quick, right? It's still low. We got to every, every six, seven seconds, we're going to, we got to, we got to cut, we got something different. Um, you know, we're, we're mixing it up a little bit. So the pace has to feel pretty fast yeah. or you'll lose people, but that, that's kind of a quick basic overview. So the, um, 
Well, which makes sense, right? The hook at the start, that makes sense. Uh, everyone's talking about hooks on there at the moment. You know, you need a hook for reels. You need a hook for Instagram. You need a hook for YouTube. Everybody, need, you need a hook for your sales page. You need a hook. Uh, so I've got my hook. Uh, and so the video is, in effect, encouraging the viewer to click the video. That's, in effect, what you're selling, exactly. isn't it? It's like, that's yeah. my call. I want you to click this video. Yep. That yep. then yep. takes the first thing is I want you to watch this video, right? I'm promising you enough. Like, you know, we did an ad like, hey, th three reasons why your YouTube ads aren't working, right? That was the opening, you know, and this mm -hmm. will be, okay, well, I've tried YouTube. It's not working. I'm listening. So the first thing is get them to watch the video. But then, yeah, the next thing is to, to drive that click. Yeah. Okay. So then you've got the click. You're sending them through to a specific landing page related to that ad. Um, not necessarily in our topic of conversation, but what kind of things do I need to think about on that landing page? Yeah, this is really great. So, so the first thing is you want them to feel like they're in the right place, right? So whatever, whatever you led with in the hook, whatever was really the focus of that video, mm -hmm. you want some kind of tie in with the headline of that lander, right? And, and we, we've worked with a couple of clients that have used like the Harmon brothers, uh, for video production or, or raindrop creative, right? And they've got, they've got, you know, paid actors to do a great job in the video. Sometimes you want them visible on the lander, right? So that as soon as you land there, you're like, ah, yeah. I'm in the right place but you want the headline to be congruent to what they just watched in the video. And then you really need to do more selling, right? Just because you got the click does not mean they're ready to purchase. So you mm -hmm. still want to go through, you know, really specifying the benefits and laying out some of the features and seeing some video and seeing uh, some social proof, right? And so so typically, and here's what we really recommend, like if, you, if you've got uh, a lander that works well for cold traffic on Facebook, mm -hmm. it's probably going to work well for YouTube as well. Um, okay. we sometimes send people to a product detail page, but, but only if that product detail page is really well built out, you know, yeah. where, where it's got branding, it overcomes objections, you know, it answers all questions. And so usually a little longer form on the lander works a lot better as well. Okay. So, uh, and so I guess there's a strategy here which says I'm going to build the landing page. I'm going to use Facebook ads to quickly and easily cheaply test this landing page. Uh, and then, and before I release yeah. the YouTube video and, and 100%, I, I think that's, that's one of the real advantages of Facebook is it's easier to test at a lower budget, right? But once you say, okay, here's the, here's the landing page that works, or let's say you find a 30 second video that works on Facebook, that could end up being your hook for your mm -hmm. YouTube ad, right? That could be like the opening for your YouTube ad. So I do agree. We actually tell these people this all the time it's not a bad idea to kind of get things dialed in on Facebook first and then go YouTube. Because okay. um, I think Facebook is easier to test with. Wow. Fantastic. Fantastic. Listen, I, you've obviously done this a fair, a fair uh, amount over the, the, the recent years. Have you got any good stories, any examples that we could look at or maybe big wins or just really interesting case studies? Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of mentioned uh, this client a few times and I, and I mentioned them a lot because uh, Ezra Firestone, the owner, doesn't mind if we talk numbers and he, he kind of likes to be a... a oh, he puts study. it all up anyway, doesn't he? I mean, he does. He's, yeah, yeah. He, she's like an open book because he's got yeah. a marketing training company as well. And so Boom by Cindy Joseph, it's a skincare for women over the age of 50 primarily. Uh, so they were historically, they grew on Facebook, right? Facebook was their number one engine for driving new customers. So we worked with them uh, to get the right type of ad for YouTube. And, and over the course of about six months, you know, we took YouTube from zero uh, to now their number two uh, marketing channel. So it, it's it's behind Facebook. 
Um, we also noticed we helped them launch on Amazon. So they were not an Amazon brand. We helped them launch there. Uh, when we're advertising on YouTube, we see a lift on uh, Amazon as well. So that that's one example. Uh, another one is a hair care product. I can't mention the brand name, but hair care product for women. Yeah. And uh, we again, we kind of took uh, they they got to where their their YouTube spend was about half what they spent on on Facebook, but the YouTube spend was still substantial. It was still several hundred thousand a month on YouTube. And uh, notice the same thing. We managed their Amazon, and when we'd have to fluctuate the YouTube spend, we could see it both in Amazon sales, but then also in Amazon searches. Like the brand searches on Amazon would fluctuate as we had to fluctuate on on YouTube. So. Those are a couple of examples. We also work with a native deodorant. They're a Procter & Gamble brand, natural deodorant. And so we've, we've used uh, YouTube in a variety of ways for, for native. Um, this is where I think uh, YouTube can get really interesting. If you're selling in-store and online, you can do some pretty fun things. So we, we created some campaigns and a couple of test markets to try to increase sell-through in-store for native on, on YouTube and, and really create some great results there as well. Um, you can do some fun things like brand lift studies, right? Where if, if you've ever been on YouTube and you see those those questionnaires that pop up before mm-hmm. uh, before the video you're wanting to watch, uh, those are done by Google. And so you can also kind of see what is the brand lift that my YouTube ads created through through looking at, at surveys. And so we've done that a number of times for supplement brands and, and uh, food brands and has worked really well. So so yeah, I think it, it's very doable to, to grow YouTube to be either your number two or potentially number one when you combine it with YouTube, new customer acquisition plan, uh, new customer acquisition channel. Uh, and I think that's very doable for a lot of brands. Wow. Okay. So um, before I move on to a few questions about Google, because uh, we should, given the title of the podcast, we should talk about Google at least a little bit. Um it, if I if someone's listening to this and they're going, Brett, I love the sound of of YouTube, but realistically, is my business where it needs to be um, to to start on YouTube? Is YouTube ads something that everybody should look at, even if they're a startup, or is it something where you kind of go, actually, guys, you need to probably be at X before you really start to think about YouTube, and you you need to have at least a minimum budget of Y to make yeah. sense of it. Yeah, it's a great question. I, I really do recommend you get kind of the foundational things in place. So you want search, you want shopping, you want remarketing, you kind of want the bottom of the funnel really well built out because if the, if the bottom of the funnel is strong, then you can be more aggressive at the top of the funnel and, and you'll close more business, right? So I recommend search shopping, remarketing on the Google side of things, build that out first. Yeah. You want some landers that are convo- converting cold traffic and probably start with Facebook first on uh, for testing that. And so I don't know if there's like a minimum uh, amount of sales that you need before you do uh, before you run YouTube, but you do want those other things built out first and you want like a proven lander. Uh, but we've tested um, with some smaller skincare brands and a few others where we've tested with like a, a five to $10,000 a month budget on YouTube and we, and we saw some performance, right? And, and we kind of isolated by saying, okay, this is a landing page we're only sending YouTube traffic to so we can track what people do after they hit that landing page. Uh, and it performed well. So, so I think foundation first, five to 10K minimum budget, that's kind of where you yeah. need to start. And then usually you need to be able to handle like a, a 50 to $100 customer acquisition cost okay. before YouTube really makes sense for you. You can get it lower than that. We do have brands that get it lower than that, but that's like a good starting point, right? Yeah. And that's also direct conversions, right? So, yeah. so knowing that 
hey, we'll probably get some bleed over into Amazon, get some bleed over into our branded campaigns. But but that's probably the direct conversion amount you'll see is kind of that $50 to $100 CPA. Fantastic. Thank you for that, Brett. Very helpful. So let's talk about Google uh, in, in the closing part of this show. Um, everybody is talking at the moment about Google Performance Max. Now, I appreciate the time that we're recording this and the time that it will be released. There's, there's a little bit of discrepancy between the two things. And so everything could have changed. So I'm just prefacing everything with the world could have changed could since we recorded. <laughs> it could all be outdated. That is That is actually true. For the YouTube side, I don't think so. But for Performance Max, man, who knows? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy world out there in the moment, which is fine. So um, if people haven't heard of Google Performance Max, what should they know? Yeah, so I, I actually, when I first heard about Performance Max, I hated the idea. Uh, I thought this was Google trying to just take over the world and, again, you know, make, make a campaign a total black box and, and take away every ounce of control that advertisers have. But as we've tested, and, and Matt, we've spent now about $3 million in the, just on Performance Max wow. in the last month, month and a half, something like that. Um, and so we're, we're seeing some really positive results, but, uh, what it is basically it's, it's all Google channels rolled into one singular campaign. So search, shopping, display, discovery, YouTube, uh, maps, if you're a local business and yeah. I left something else out, but anyway, uh, it's all Google campaigns in one channel. So mm-hmm. basically I think what Google's doing here is they want to make it easier to launch campaigns. And we've seen actually some big Facebook advertisers lean into performance max some Facebook agencies lean into Performance Max because with Performance Max, it really becomes more about the creative, right? Do I have the right, right images? Do I have the right product listings in my feed, right, for, for Google Shopping? Do I have the right videos? And we just talked about getting a video that's optimized for YouTube. So you put those in a campaign and basically what you're giving uh, YouTube is a, or what you're giving Google is a couple of things. One asset or one audience signals so you're not telling Google target this audience specifically, right? They don't let you do that. But you can say, Google, here's like my ideal audience and it's a signal. So start here and then kind of go wild after that. Um, so you're really just giving Google a starting point. But it's it's an ideal spot for machine learning. Um, and as the campaign gets more conversions, it gets smarter and better. And and you actually do have ways we can control it. Um, mm-hmm. Probably a little... little more complex than we can get in in the next next few minutes but uh basically performance max now replaces smart shopping so if you're running smart shopping before mochi most e-commerce brands were yeah that's now performance max but uh we've seen some performance max campaigns really lean into youtube so this may be a great place to test youtube is just through performance max um we've seen some campaigns that uh, as best as we can tell you know 40 50 60 percent of the budget is going to youtube Mm. inside performance max but I think what Google realizes is that a lot of people don't understand how to use the display network yeah, yeah. and discovery ads or how to use YouTube ads. So they're like, okay, just, just give us your assets. Tell us, tell us your, your audience signals and we'll go from there. Um, you can really set campaigns up to succeed or set them up to fail. Mm-hmm. But it, it, so far, they've been pretty fantastic uh, and really good at driving new customers. See, I think smart shopping leaned into remarketing a little bit more. Right. Performance Max is really good at driving new customers. Get in those, Nick. Because again, yeah. Google is smelling blood, aren't they, where Facebook's concerned? Totally. They're like... Totally. <laughs> dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 One, they're saying, hey, Facebook beat us and made it easier, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to combat that. But also they're saying, yeah, Facebook's in a bad spot, right? And then Google's in a little bit better spot because Google owns all their data, right? You've given yeah. that data first party to Google. 
So it, it's a fantastic campaign type. Um, you know, I've got a couple of free resources that we can talk about for Performance Max, but I'm bullish on it. Uh, as you said, a lot of things can change, but I think kind of the core is going to be there, what we just talked about. But uh, if, if Performance Max isn't one of your top campaigns, then something is one of your top Google campaigns, then something's mm -hmm. probably wrong. It should be right. one of your top well, so we definitely need to check out on that. Um, so if I'm, again, I'm just trying to think of the different type of listeners that we that we have. We get people who are just starting out in e-commerce, Brett, and they're like, is Performance Max something that they should look at? Uh, or Yeah, I, I think so, because uh, one Google, like it's the future of Google. Google loves it. They're prioritizing it, right? So because Performance Max also has a strong shopping component, right? So... Mm -hmm product listing ads, Google shopping ads, whatever you want to call it, because that's a, a central part of Performance Max. You can you can be really efficient with Performance Max, right? So if you need to, to hit a, a 3X or 4X or 5X ROAS or whatever, Performance Max can do that, right? It's probably going to lean in more to shopping and lean in more to search and not so much YouTube, but, but it'll do that. And uh, because it replaces smart shopping, I think you kind of have to test it, right? You can still run standard shopping too, but, but yeah, I think small advertisers should definitely uh, still run Performance Max. Uh, just change the way you bid, right? Bid a little more efficiently mm. to try to, try to focus that, that campaign and, and keep it from kind of going wild. But I, I think Performance Max is going to be central for essentially every e-com brand. Wow. And what were the free resources that you mentioned? Do you want to give those a quick plug? Yeah. So I'm trying to think of the best way to get there. Um, we did uh, host a, a Performance Max webinar. And I can shoot you the link because I'm, I'm really drawing a blank here. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a presentation that, that I did. And then, and then some of the members of my team, we did like a traffic panel. So it's all free. Mm -hmm. um, and then I did a, a, a Performance Max Blueprint with Ezra Firestone and Smart Marker. That's actually a paid resource, but you can check that out. I think there's some freebies that go with it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'll get you a link to that presentation. That That's a great place to start. Yeah, and then and then also have a, a free YouTube resource as well because you know that you know, getting the YouTube ad right is mm. so critical. But put together, it's a PDF of the top performing YouTube ads that we've seen, and with links to those ads, so you can watch them. Oh, sure, that's really cool. Yeah, and I kind of break and kind of categorize them, break them down, show you why I think they work, and so that's mm. a good way to learn. And that is free, so you can just go to omgcommerce.com, uh, click on resources, and then it's the YouTube add templates and examples so that that's completely free so check that out but yeah both those are, are great resources fantastic and we will of course have the links to that in the show notes but listen i'm aware of time uh and uh, i i've started asking this question to people at the end of the the podcast going listen you're you're in this amazing place right you've got a, a, an amazing family you've you're excited about what's going on at work Every, you know you're a basketball coach I'm kind of curious if you, um, we, we, the way we put this to people is we say, listen, you know, the co the e-commerce cohort sponsors the podcast. So imagine you're in a hotel room full of cohorters. Uh, you've just delivered your best keynote speech ever. They're all going crazy. <laughs> go Brett, go Brett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, pom-poms, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you stand up, you take a bow and you go, hey, listen, it wouldn't. I just would like to thank dot, dot, dot. Uh, who, who are the people that you would like to thank and why? Oh, man, that is such a great question. So I, I think, uh, first of all, my parents, like my, my dad was always a super hard worker in a totally different industry, right? He worked with his hands, mechanic. 
but like taught me the value of showing up every day, giving it all you got. And so that, that he's definitely one. My uncle uh, taught me sales and taught me like persuasion and taught me how to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And so learned a lot from him. My, my first pastor uh, at the church I attended really taught me leadership and taught me like how to communicate effectively and authentically, mm-hmm. like communicating uh, to really cause change, right? And so kind of all those weave together. And then, like I said, just always been fascinated by people. And so that's what kind of led me, I think, yeah, to, yeah. to marketing. But but I, w- I would put those those three at the top of my list. I've got some great business mentors uh, as well, mm-hmm. but those would be kind of top of my list. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much to all those people. Uh, listen, Brett, love to the conversation, uh, as I'm sure many of the listeners have. Great to finally get you on. How do people reach you? How do they connect with you if they want to? Sure. Best way to connect is through the website, omgcommerce.com. You can click on the Let's Talk button and and fill out a form there. You can email me, brett with two Ts, at omgcommerce.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm trying. I'm, I'm going to say this publicly, put a little <laughs> pressure on myself. I'm trying to get into Twitter a little bit more. All my cool oh, marketing Lord. friends are like, Twitter, it's where it's at. So and Elon, you know, owns it now, whatever. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm working on um, getting more involved in Twitter. We'll see. I don't know. You may check it out. You may be like, wow, your last post was like five years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, or you yeah. may check it out and it may be going wild. But but LinkedIn for sure. Mm. Uh, you can email me, check out the website. Those, those are the best ways. Fantastic. I'm the same way on Twitter. I have a Twitter account and I, I can't remember how many people I'm connected to. Maybe 20,000 people on Twitter follow me. I don't know. Yeah. And I just never use it. And I kind of think I probably should uh, at some point. Start I've had a few people say like there's some of the best connections they're making now. There's like yeah. there's just like this explosion of of direct to consumer and, yeah. and marketing people on Twitter is what I'm understanding. And so so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna... I, well, I tell you, what, I'll be in it with you. Let's uh, we'll we'll do Twitter. The Twitter oh, brewers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, brilliant, <laughs> fantastic. Thanks, Brett, so much for coming on the show, man. Absolute legend. And I'll see you in Thanks, Twitter. Matt. Yeah. <laughs> See you on Twitter. Thanks, brother. Really appreciate Absolutely. it. So what a great conversation. Huge thanks again to Brett for joining me today. What a legend. A big shout out to today's show sponsor, uh, which is e-commerce cohort. You can find out more information about them at ecommercecohort.com. Do check out this new type of community you can join. Be sure to follow the e-commerce podcast wherever you get your podcast from because we've got even more great conversations lined up and I don't want you to miss any of them. And just in case no one has told you yet today, dear listener, you are awesome. Yes, you are. It's just a burden we've all got to bear. I've got to bear it. Brett's got to bear it. You're no exception. Uh, the e-commerce podcast is produced by Orion Media. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bain on Josh Catchpole, Estella Robin, and Tim Johnson. Our theme song was written by Josh Edmondson and my good self. And as I mentioned, if you would like to read the transcript or show notes, head over to the website ecommercepodcast.net, where, coincidentally, you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter and get all of this good stuff directly to your inbox, totally free, totally amazing. So that's it from me. Uh, That's it from Brad. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Make sure you connect with him get your freebies. uh, And then I'll see you next week. Have a fantastic week. Bye for now.
At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.